Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. Turn my mic on. Jimmy might not be able to hear me in the back, I know. <clears throat> Glad to be here with y'all this morning. Uh, Brother Jeremy and his family uh, are on the way to uh, their vacation, so just pray for their safe travels. Um, and of course, I'm always glad for the opportunity to get to speak to you guys, and hopefully uh, y'all will give me another one after this. Um, but uh, I want to start off today, just I want to thank uh, Jeremy and the choir and Stephen uh, for the worship that y'all provided this morning. Uh, I always love hearing music. I'm not the best at it, but I love to hear it, right, Steve? Um, so I'm going to start this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we, uh, we thank you so much for this day. Dear Lord, I thank you for uh, this opportunity just to speak uh, for you, dear Lord, just to uh, speak uh, this message, dear Lord. I pray that it would just be clear. Uh, to all those here today, dear Lord, I pray that um, after they leave here today, dear Lord, that your, your words are, are what's still on their mind, dear Lord, and uh, that they would understand uh, that you give us a hope uh, that can never be taken away, dear Lord. You give us a hope that uh, will never uh, leave us hopeless, and dear Lord, I just uh, pray that you would just help your Holy Spirit to speak through me, dear Lord. I lift all those up who couldn't be here today, dear Lord. I pray for them and uh, whatever is, is holding them down, dear Lord. I pray that they would uh, be able to, to, to see this message, dear Lord. And if not, dear Lord, I pray you would lead them to it in your word. So your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so today, as you can see, um, and, and first off, I just want to apologize. We had a family reunion this weekend and I was at uh, the lake all day yesterday. So I'm a little bit congested. I'm blaming the lake water. So if I pull my napkin out, just know that's what I'm doing. I'm not getting emotional, maybe, uh, but that's what I'm doing. I'm just uh, trying to clean myself up, but um, y'all just bear with me. But as you saw this morning, uh, I talked to, with the kids about hope, um, and that's going to be uh, what we discussed today. But today I want to present to you guys, um, as I was preparing this, I saw three different types of hope that we could have in this life. <clears throat> and uh, hope is defined as a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. And like I said, through the kids, we saw uh, they hope for toys, they hope for candy, they hope for pizza, uh, they hope for a variety of different things, and, and so do we. Uh, but as I start today, uh, I want to just start out with a couple of questions I want you to think over as we go through the message today. Uh, first, where does our hope come from? Where do we place our hope? And what kind of hope does God want us to cling to? What kind of hope does God want us to have? Um, so like I said, there are a lot of things in this life that we hope for. Um, a lot of times it's a better job, or maybe it's our dream job, uh, bigger family, and then a bigger car. Uh, and then after that, maybe a bigger home to fit everybody. Uh, we hope for good health. We hope for more wealth. 
Uh, and we could probably go on and on about the things that we hope for in this life and the things that we've hoped for in the past, but the things uh, that I just listed, I want to begin today by just categorizing them as temporary hopes. And I would say that they're temporary hopes because all of these things, even if they happen for us, they can be lost. They can go away. Uh, we, can, we can lose jobs. We can lose homes. Uh, we can have a car go down. I've, had, I've experienced that lately. Um, <clears throat> but they're temporary. So as we start today, I want you to think about how much of your hope is invested in these temporary hopes that we have in this life. And what would you do tomorrow if you lost one or all of these things? And as we start today, as you can see on the, the screens here, uh, we're going to read about a man named Job who had all of these things and more, and in an instance, he had nothing. Uh, so let's begin reading in Job 1. It says, In the land of Uz there was a, lived a man named Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. He had se uh, seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the east. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And when a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And this was Job's regular custom. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has in your power is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking with uh, wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from heavens, from the heavens, and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. 
It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Then it says that this Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have a three-year-old, and when she disappears, I know something's going on. I get really worried. And uh, I think it was last week I found her. Uh, she had been alone maybe five minutes. And she had taken her mother's makeup and she had put it all over the bathroom floor. She was painting, I guess. That's what she was thinking. Uh, now, <clears throat> that was bad. But what Job just went through was way worse. Infinity times worse. Uh, messenger after messenger came to him and gave him some of the worst news I would never want brought to me. Job was having a very bad day, and uh, there are many things that we can learn from the book of Job, but today I want us to focus on the hope that he drew from God. Uh, Job was a man who lived with great fortune, uh, as we read in the beginning of chapter 1. Uh, he's a man who lived with uh, an abundance of livestock, servants, and a big family, seven sons, three daughters. Everything he could hope for, and then all of a sudden, he had it all taken from him. So what I want you to see is that at this point in the story, Job had a choice to make. Was Job going to still praise God, the one he, he knew had given him all of these things? Or was he going to blame God and curse his name for taking all of this from him? And as we see from chapter 1, at the end of chapter 1, it says, and I'm going to read that again, it says, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. So Job chose, even though he had just had the worst day, the most hopeless day that none of us could ever want to have in our life, he chose to praise God's name. Do we understand that when we place our hopes and our job and in wealth and in investments and cars and things of this world, do we understand how temporary that hope is? Because once we lose those things, and, and, and we often do, that hope's gone with them. It goes right with them. And it doesn't, it doesn't last. So why do we cling to hoping on these things above the plan that God has for us? Because when I look out into our broken world, I see so many people that think the things of this world will bring them joy, and the things of this world will bring them happiness, and the things of this world will just fill them with all of this hope. But I see... Once it's all gone, once they lose something that they've put all of this hope into, all this expectation into, they become hopeless. And I look at them and they say, you know, once I get this better job, all of my problems will go away. I'll have more money to pay all of these bills that I've gotten behind on. Uh, they say, well, I'll get a bigger house and, you know, each kid will have his room so they won't fight as much and we'll have a a bigger dining room will have a, a dining room table, and that'll mean more meals as a family. But what happens when that doesn't happen? What happens when you don't get the bigger home? What happens when you get the bigger home and those problems don't go away? They'll become hopeless because they've invested all of their hopes in temporary things. And just like we see from Job, the first thing I want us to learn today is to stop putting all of our hope into temporary things of this world. Y'all, those things 
even though the commercials say that they'll bring you joy and they'll bring you happiness, they won't because they're temporary. Because tomorrow it could all be gone. And we see that in Job's life. I've seen it in the, in the lives of people in my you know, um, family and things like that. But uh, when all of those things are gone, that's when we find out. And that's when we have to start searching for where true hope comes from. Because I can tell you today that that is not where we should place our hope. And that's not where our hope comes from. Um, so <clears throat> Job chapter 2, I want to start reading that real quick and just see... Uh, that, that Job's uh, pain and his afflictions, they're, they're just now starting. So on another day, it says the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. So, so God's telling Satan, you failed. You, you tried to ruin this man, and you failed. He is still upright. Uh, he is still a man who fears God and shuns evil. And even though you have taken everything that he had in this life from him, he still maintains his integrity. Well, then Satan replies, skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his own life. But now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. Then Job took a piece of broken pottery and scraped himself with it as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this Job did not sin in what he said. So Job is now covered in these sores from head to toe. And he's even scraping himself to, I guess, try to get some sort of relief. He's trying to get some sort of relief from the scar. So Job's lost everything, and now he's lost his health. Now he's hurting every single day that he wakes up. So the second kind of hope that I want you to see in our lives that, that we can cling to is a perishable hope. Everything in this world has an expiration date, except Twinkies. They say those last, I've never tried it, but... Um, I've tried Twinkies. I've never seen how long they last. Yeah, I've tried Twinkies for sure. Uh, but we see in Job's story just how real this perishable hope can be. We invest so much hope into our health and our well-being and that of our family. So what do we do when that begins to struggle or fade? Do we lose hope? When a family member gets sick, do we still praise God? Do we still maintain our integrity? Do we trust in him that he still loves us and cares for us? We put so much of our hope into our families, and rightly so. I love my family, and I never want to lose any of them. I have a 94-year-old grandfather and that I love very much, and I hope I have many more years with him. And I know all of you have people like that in your life. But just like Job, we must understand that one day they will no longer be with us on this earth. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, 
but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of sin, we must all perish from this world. But we also know that because and if we know Jesus, we will live eternally and we will see those people who we lose in this life again. So the question I have for you is, do we cling to perishable hopes? If we lost one of our loved ones tomorrow, if we lost our health tomorrow, if we started to, to struggle like we see Job struggle, how will, how will we respond? Will we become hopeless? Will we begin to blame God for allowing us to lose them or for allowing us to, to go through bad health and to, to have struggles every single day that we wake up? Will we become angry at Him when the hard times in life come? I believe when we lose someone we love, that's, that's some of the hardest times. Because we don't know when we'll see them again. And that's when our faith in God is really tested. When, when our health declines and when we lose those ones we love, that's when our faith is tested. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. We have a responsibility as, as servants of God to live these verses out. When lost people of the world lose things and when, uh, and when they lose loved ones, they become hopeless. We see it all the time. They become hopeless. They, they fall into depression. They can't get themselves up out of it. They, they try to find what they need in drugs and in alcohol and things of this world. But we, we have, the church has a responsibility as servants of God to live these verses out. And we, uh, even in the hardest times of life, some of the hardest times we ever face, we have to remember that the world is looking at us and looking at the example that we put out into the world during the hardest times that we have. So as children of God, we shouldn't respond the same as the world. When those things happen, yes, they're hard. Yes, we are going to mourn. But when those things happen, we shouldn't respond the same way the world does. They should still see hope in us. We shouldn't be clinging to the perishable hope that we get from those things. We should know that our Father in Heaven loves us and cares for us even while we're in times of affliction, even when we're in times of pain and, and suffering. We should always know where our true hope comes from. So as I begin to close today, I want to tell you of the third type of hope, and this is the, the one that I believe is the only type of hope that we should ever cling to, and that's eternal hope. We might lose temporary hopes, we might have loved ones who perish in this life, but we serve a God of eternal hope. We might, eternal hope is salvation in Jesus Christ. We might lose so much in this life, we might be feeling like Job, we might feel like something's hitting us every single time we leave our house, every single time we wake up. We feel like we just can't go on anymore, but we serve a God of eternal hope. And that is the only true hope we have in this life, and we can never lose it once we have it. Psalms 31.24 says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. We must know this, and we must be confident in this hope, this eternal hope in Jesus we must live every day of our life filled with this eternal hope. 
And you might ask, well, what does that look like? What does that kind of life look like? Well, Job paints an amazing picture in, in chapters 1 and 2 of this. And I can't say today, if I, if I was in Job's shoes and, and if I got all that bad news and if I was covered in all those swords, I would respond the same way. But it means that even if we lose our job, we praise Him. Even if we lose our home, we praise Him. If we lose all we own tomorrow, we praise His name. If we lose a loved one, we praise Him. We must cling to His eternal hope and through all things know that God that we should give God the praise and glory that he deserves. It means that every time uh, we get the chance, we go out and we share about this eternal hope with people. There are so many people searching for hope right now. There are so many of, many of us who know how it is to feel hopeless. Who know, uh, we know how it is to feel like we don't have the answers and we have no idea why these things are happening to us. But we should be ones who go out and start living our lives like this as his church. And, and we will begin to see more and more lost people come to know Jesus. I know we will. Because that is what we have to offer the world. Hope in Jesus Christ. A world that is hopeless. A world that is lost. A world that feels like they can't get up in the mornings, a world that feels like they, they can't go out and keep a job because they have so much going on in their head and because they feel like they have lost so much, that's, that's why they're lost, because they don't have this hope in Jesus Christ that we have. So we have to go out and we have to tell them about it. We have to go out and we have to live our lives that show that hope. When things happen to us, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's hard, but we come out of it with hope. We don't come out of it showing the world that we're hopeless just like they are because we're not. We're different because we have hope in Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that we can make it through the things that we have to go through. It's through that hope in Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you don't know or understand what, a, what I'm talking about when I say eternal hope in Jesus and what that hope is, if you're tired of, of being hopeless in this life, and if you say that you've been clinging to temporary hopes and perishable hopes and you're tired of it, and you're searching and you're ready to know where our hope comes from, I want to call you today, I want to tell you to come down to this altar and give your life to Jesus. He's waiting on you. This hope that I've described today, the third hope, eternal hope, you can have this. That is what, just like Stephen said, there you are, Jesus died for each and every one of us. He didn't die for some. He didn't die for, for just one. He died for all of us. Would he have still done it for just one? Yes, but he, he died for all of us. So you too can have this hope. You too can come down and meet Jesus today. And if you're in this room today and if, if, if you've just had things happening to you over and over again and you feel like that you've had messengers coming to you and they've relayed all this bad news and you feel like you've been down and you got to get back up, come down to this altar and renew that hope in your spirit. Know that God understands and God knows you. And, and even if we don't know why these things happen, have to happen to us, we trust in the plan that God has for our life. And we know above everything else that eternal hope is what we cling to. And that's what we have in this life.
So I'm going to pray for us, and I'll invite you. If you need to come down, you need to lay something at the altar. If you need to come down today, and you need to meet Jesus for the first time, I pray that you'll do that. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.